All right, George, here okay. we go. Great. So pumped? Feel good? Pretty pumped. Pretty pumped. All right. <laughs> That's some, we're not going to put this in? This is just us getting ready. Everybody listening, we're not going to put this in the podcast. This is me warming up yeah. my voice. Get it right over this. At the stroke of midnight On that great holiday Gonna have a ball And that ain't all Gonna chase the blues away I'll be bringing in a brand new year Welcome to Worst Thing, the podcast about movies. Uh, It's good to have you here. This is our last episode of the year. Uh, Exciting. This is the most successful year in the history of Worst Thing. Also, really the only year where we took the podcast seriously for most of the year. Not that we've never taken. We've always taken. Always. Yeah, seriously. But in terms of actually putting out episodes continuously... Week after week, this is the first year, well, since May at least, that we've done that. And yeah. It's been great. Yeah. I mean, I think that we're, uh, I think we're heroes. We are heroes. It's people have been waiting for a, a podcast about movies that regularly updates, and now we've brought that to them. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Finally. And that, not to them, to you, the listener. Uh, the people yeah. out there hanging on George's Every Word. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people out there shaking their fists when I give an opinion that they disagree with. You know, mm-hmm. this is for you. This yeah. is a s- selfless sacrifice that we make yeah. to come here and, and talk to you. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. And we mean that sincerely. That's not a joke. <laughs> We're starting it off like we both do mean that sincerely, but we are coming off as just total dickheads. <laughs> we really are. So that's just like magnanimous assholes. <laughs> so, but we do. I mean, this has been really fun. This has been a fun year, and it it's uh, it's. I'm very excited for next year when we we hit episode fifty a couple of weeks ago, uh, and by the end of next year, we'll be at episode one hundred. Oh, I was going to say episode 65. <laughs> episode 100, 100, 100 would be good, too. Yeah, okay. you got to have a stretch goal. You have to try to... But as long as we hit 65, we'll be, we'll be happy with it. Um, you know, we can just talk about, talk about the year, talk about yeah. our lives before we get into our, our movies. Yeah. Movies that are about the lives of their oh. main characters and, and how those lives turned on, on fate. Yep. Good old fate. I, you know, I, so I had an idea for this last episode where we would kind of talk about kind of, why, all right, stop, stop, stop guess, second guessing or first guessing. Yeah, just go. Just, just stop guessing. Yeah. Start knowing the real world. Uh, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so far away from where I want to be right now. Uh, but I thought about what if we looked back at our favorite moments from this this year, the, our 2021 season. Um, you know, what's what's the what is our favorite thing that we covered? What's the our least favorite movie that we watched? Um, and then I forgot to look back at the list of everything we did. So you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll have you vamp while I look through our our, our, our podcast link. But um, I think that for me, the easy answer would be. Um, the the Danchler party recording with like a group of idiots in a room yelling into a microphone about ETs that are uh, is it ETs that are DTC <laughs> DTC yeah I you know that's a I don't know how 
great that one sounds, but it was certainly a lot of fun to, to record. I think that was maybe the most fun we had recording an episode. Um, oh, yeah, it definitely was. If we had an audio engineer huh. uh, who could have just been there and taken care of all that for us, we'd been in, in good shape instead of just using this one microphone that <laughs> that I have in front of me right now and just putting it in the middle of a table of drunk people who are not looking at the microphone uh, <laughs> necessarily. Yeah. Or, or our main guest not even facing the camera, um, not even being near, anywhere near it, um, <laughs> and then leaving to go to sleep. And like, so that and was like all. Looking and like playing Candy Crush or something on his phone. Yeah. And yeah. During, during was, portions. That was fun. I also think that another high point for me this year was, so Jamie was on that episode, the great Jamie Milliken, um, but we also got to do um, just a one with him solo as the guest solo, even though there's three of us. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's right. uh, that we talked about doing for years. And that was the thing versus the thing. And that, that was great. And he's, he's such a fan of John Carpenter's the thing. Um, it was it just really felt. Um, I mean, it felt like a natural conversation that we've all probably had at one point or another, as you do uh, about John Carpenter's the thing. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, right after church or um, in the middle of a big uh, plate of ribs, you know, every With once in a while. somebody in the stall next to you at the airport yeah. bathroom. Yeah, because everyone's lonely at the airport. Um, yeah. This is the part where I talk about the loneliness in an airport uh, for uh, half an hour. And um... that's traditionally part of worst thing. I was just setting you up for that segment. Yeah. Yep. Airport loneliness with George. Yep. But we had some like we had some truly great guests this year. Um, you know, Max Radbill, who made the excellent film Reelected. Um, Make sure to list every guest now. Everyone, if you don't everyone. list the guest name and they hear you talking, yeah, saying this. yeah, no one listens to this. Uh, no, but I mean, you know, we had like we had uh, Nick Stargu on and Chad Oppitz and and I mean, we, you know, we had Jesse uh, Hett. Jesse Hett. Oh man. Jesse Hett, knowing what kind of monster truck was used in Roadhouse, might be my, like, one single, if I could point to one single highlight, it's that insane Jesse Hett-like knowledge from Jesse Hett. Is it Jesse Hett-like if Jesse Hett did it? Hmm. I believe that the most Jesse Hett-like person there is is Jesse Hett, so it's still so. Jesse Hett-like, even if he did it. Yeah. The... Yeah, that may be the best fact ever shared. On, I loved it. I loved podcast. it. And I'm a nerd. I'm a trivia nerd. I'm a former trivia writer. You provide most of the facts yeah. shared on the podcast um, and for someone else to bring a fact to the table. I, like that. And I think that um, when we had the, 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 the filmmakers behind Sign Man, my favorite film of 2021, um, next to Last Night in Soho, uh, I think I maybe was... I don't think I was nervous, but I definitely, that was the, our most hanging outest mm -hmm. uh, non-Dancler Party episode. Um, and I, I definitely got a little slurry by the end there. Not, not as in racial slurs. I think uh, Thank God. slurred, yeah, Jesus Christ. Uh, like, you know, I, I was, uh, I got, uh, my mouth got a little sleepy, shall we say. <laughs> it did, it did, as did the rest of you. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. I was found uh, sitting in my office chair two days later. <laughs> thin coat of dust on me. You know, I realize we, we haven't announced what tonight's episode is, but we are we're in the preamble, and um, 
there's another person that you, that that, that I, I know I've called out a lot of the people who've been on the show already. Um, but uh, Aviva Siegel was in two episodes this year, and we tried to get her on an episode last season, and all the audio went to hell. She was like in a little part of it, I think. Um, but man, she's one of the funniest, uh, most talented comic minds that I've ever had the pleasure of spending time with. And, uh, and she's also a, like a, a really swell person. And, um, it's a great combination. If you're in Los Angeles, oh boy, she goes see her weekly show, Cold mm. Comedy, at the Cafe Tropicana uh, in Silver Lake. I feel like I should just go to L.A. when it's not the holiday season so I can go. I wonder. Anyway, I, yeah, I've always wanted to go to that show. Um, Me too. She also is one of the hosts of Talkies, which happens um, uh, both in person and online. I'm not even sure what the cadence is anymore. but uh, Yeah, it's, it's, I think they just did an online one yeah. earlier, but then they were in person in October. Yeah. But yeah, she is one of the the co-hosts of that too, and then it's yeah. also Land, another great another great co-host, another great, yes, um, also one of the funniest people uh, alive, yeah, and uh, as a as a pair, the two oh, of boy. them, what a couple! It's uh, it's 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 so much fun to be around them. We had a Halloween party. I think this was maybe the, their last year in the Bay Area. And they both showed up dressed as Butthead. Uh-huh. I think it, I think they, the story was that they were trying to get a Beavis and Butthead costume, but instead got two Buttheads. And it was the most fucking amazing thing, just seeing them both as Butthead standing around, like, in my apartment, drinking beer. It was... <laughs> I could I, I I seriously couldn't look at them without laughing. It was it was incredible. Having a butthead and butthead couples costume is, is really <laughs> something. Yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, we've been very lucky. The people we've had on our show are just—they're funny. They're nice. They're good people. I, I I'm less interested in you know wasting time uh, as I ramble on. I, 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 I'm, I'm getting paid by, by the word for tonight's episode. So, uh, um, But, uh, you know, we have people who we've known for a very long time, which is the majority of the guests. And then we have people that we, that I, anyway, have only recently met, like, uh, like the dudes who host um, uh, Great Samaritans we just had on. We just had them on. They were in an episode that... Well, has not aired yet while we're recording this, but will right. have aired multiple weeks before yep. this episode comes out. The incredible effects of of the passage of time and the ability to record things and hold on to them for for a while. Yep. Not, this isn't live. If you're listening to it right now, yeah. it is not happening live. I know you may believe that it is. This isn't like uh, radio back in the day. Yeah, this isn't uh, Bone Dog and triller in the mornings this isn't no. uh no. this isn't that's not how this works no i mean that people do call me bone dog but that's that has nothing to do with with uh, a drive time no because it, i that, ride a motorcycle yeah he's he's a rides a motorcycle and he's got four extra ribs so yep bone dog <laughs> and so and that's uh <laughs> that's what the, that's why they call me that and i piss outside mm-hmm. and that's where the dog part comes in yeah well, I mean, what's the point of pissing if you can't piss outside? 
That's that's why God that's why God made outside. Uh, <laughs> Cut that whole part out. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you having four ribs or four extra ribs? That's good. Well, if you only had four ribs, now that'd be something. That'd be like a kid's meal. I had a doctor. I had a doctor add ribs to my mm, body, right? So I couldn't suck my own dick. That's oh, why I, I see. I, I see. I, I see. It surgically added, or so um, be too difficult to even try. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Let's uh, let's introduce our movies. We'll continue yes. to talk in this this manner, but we want to. Yes. Not all of you have looked down at your phone or computer or whatever and actually read the title of yes. today's episode. So you. Oh, one one last shout out before we go. Sorry, I hate to do it. Shout uh, out. But uh, so we we just talked about uh, Thomas and John from Great Samaritans, but also um, who we've sort of become like podcast twinsies with. Well, not twinsies exactly, but. Um, but uh, the Eating After Midnight crew, Sasha and Amy. Yeah, so uh, fantastic. Also and, they, and their episode guests, yeah, will yeah. have come out just before this one. Yep. Uh, we'll also be on their podcast, which is yes. uh, which is just too, what, what oh, uh, it's like <laughs> if we were talented. That's what their podcast is like. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, they're, they're the best. Anyway, and, you've and heard me say that before. And before we... We did an experiment a couple, uh, like a few episodes again, where we uh-huh. did a raffle at a state fair yep. uh, for for some of our fans, and we allowed a fan that won that oh, raffle you're right. to oh. appear on Ben. Uh, ben Vinegar was, was on the, the podcast from Canada, uh-huh. and that was a successful, what a successful raffle. I think we'll have him back on uh, oh, in a cool. future episode. He was a great, he was a great yeah. guest host. I really love that episode. Uh, if you're... For those listening, that episode was the was the um, Blades of Glory versus the Cutting Edge. So you, you wanted to say the Cutting Edge was the good movie. I, I, I see I it because I do too. I, I, I was that's what that was what was on the tip of my tongue, and uh, so great job, you as a fan out there, be on the lookout for some of our future raffles in your yeah. hometown, and uh, we might have you on as a guest. Yeah. And all you have to do is knock it out of the park like Ben did, and you can become a you can guest more than one episode. Yeah. Yeah, we do have a special possible, I would say, contest coming out. We can't say too much. I will just give you a few hints. Um, uh, One ton of roast beef, one blood diamond ring, one all-access pass to the Worst Scene Studios. So um, hold your breath, folks. That's it. That's all I could say. I know, I know. I know that's a bit. That's about it. Uh, without uh, our lawyer getting uh, all hot and bothered. I mean, the lawyer's sitting across the table for me right now. Uh, speaking of getting hot and bothered, let's talk about our. Uh, <laughs> what? Our that's a, that is a fucking perfect. <laughs> getting hot and bothered. Let's, let's think about uh, our first film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's talk about like what what what. So Richard, what are we looking at? To, well, what's the first film that we're going to look at tonight? Our first film, our great film. Oh, is... wait, did we did we talk about what our podcast is about? No. Now that we're now that we're hey, now that we're so close in. to revealing the the <laughs> the, the, the actual the actual films, a podcast if you've not heard it before, <laughs> uh, is is the concept is we we watch two films, a great one and a not so great one, and then we choose the worst scene in the great film and the best scene in the not so great one and decide what was better, that worst scene or that best scene. Mm. So, our great film, the one for which we'll be choosing a worse scene today, 
is It's a Wonderful Life from 1946. Nice. What's our bad film, George? Uh, our not so good film. Our not so good bad film was, our, was not our, what I meant. To our, say. Yeah, no, no, I know, I know. It's it's sort of just the kind of natural progression. But yeah, our not so good movie, uh, I'm gonna say movie because it's not a film. Is uh, <laughs> is Mr. Destiny from 1990? There you have it, folks. There we go. Um, or also, we would we could say this is the uh, whiny white boy double feature. <laughs> Sorry. I did forget to announce alliteration. Uh, I will try to announce it later on because there's quite a bit more coming up in the hour. Um, it's, again, as far as I'm concerned, all, you, you only always have to announce. You only always announce alliteration when it's a triple alliterative. Oh, you know what? That's so sweet of you it's to so say. Easy to, it's so easy to do double, and that's fine. That's, that's like, a, you know, that's the, that's the amateur's alliteration. Yeah, yeah. It's when, when we professionals do a triple. They mm-hmm. always announce attempts at alliteration. Yes. Um, I feel like we've had a lot of experience with alliteration, you and I. Um, I feel like it's maybe your fault at some point. I feel anyway. Like it, I feel like it is. I feel, I like, feel like there was a period where you were uh, an alliterative uh, guy. I couldn't find an A word. <laughs> Nothing makes me sound cooler. Than there being a point when I was an illiterate yeah. guy, just just tipping your shades, doing three words in a row that start with the same first letter, and Boom. then putting the shades back on and walking on yeah. by. It's just like uh like the uh the um, you know David Caruso meme. Same thing. Uh-huh. That's same right. thing. I had saw it. I would do that, and I saw so many monocles fall into soup oh. uh, in reactions <laughs> to, to right. me, me right. doing right. That. Right, and the older society ladies get a pie in the face. Boom. And, yep, I do the alliteration, and <laughs> right when they're looking at me with their mouth agape, so then they get a lot of pie in their mouth. Ah, uh, try geez. to clean that out. That's yeah. uh, Have you ever been in a pie fight? No, I was. Have you? Yes. Oh, I didn't. I didn't wait for you to ask, just in case oh, you, you didn't ask. You just brought this up to talk about. No, your no. Let's it's hear. Just, let's hear. Let's hear about your pie fight. <laughs> There was a thing at Universal Studios called the, um, oh, Christ, I don't even remember what it was, but it was like, there are all these shows at Universal where you go and you sit and you watch something happen, and sometimes you get called up from the audience to be in it. Um, So there's this one thing where they were recreating scenes from, like, classic movies or classic serials, and there was one part where um, uh, it was like the Keystone Cops versus the Blues Brothers somehow. And so I think I was dressed as a Keystone Cop. Like they pulled me up, put the, the Bobby hat, the whole Keystone Cop outfit, and we're all throwing pies on stage. And it's just, you know, it's just shaving cream in a, in a pie tin because it's really easy to clean shaving cream off. And uh, so, yeah, I was in a pie fight. I had brand new uh, shoes, maybe Vans or something. And these bully kids were like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nail your shoes. I'm going to ruin those new shoes. And I was really, like, bummed out and scared. And they didn't. And I think I actually, I think I actually, um, I think I nailed that bully right in the side of the head. Like, got some shaving cream in his ear. Mm. Go, go fuck yourself. Nice. That's powerful. Uh, and uh, that young boy, his name is Joe Biden. <laughs> Joe Biden. <laughs> God, what the fuck? <laughs> What am I? What am I doing tonight? I'm not I, sure. I don't know. We are. We're just telling stories. We're just sitting by the campfire. I guess yeah. not by the campfire. Sitting by the fireplace. 
and looking at the Christmas tree and talking to you, our listeners, uh, our type of like almost like our grandchildren uh, that uh, were, that that's were nice. telling stories that's too. That's nice. Um, I'm, All right. <laughs> I'm never having been involved in a pie fight at Universal Studios. Because this thing for me to that would be, I used to go to Dollywood mm. uh, and go see a magician there who do all the saw lady in half, do a like guillotine thing and chop off somebody's Ooh. head. And then that's like a fake head in the that's in the tub. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and one time my papa called up to be a volunteer to be the guillotine. Oh, uh, to be guillotined. And <laughs> I still, I, to this, I, I could look it up, I'm sure, and there would be a YouTube video explaining the guillotine trick to me. But I still have no idea what happened. Like, his neck, he was he was there looking around. And then they hit the button. Wait. And then his, there was a rubber head in a, in a, then there was just a rubber head in the, in, in the basket. And he was alive. But. I don't know how that worked. I don't know what they did. And he was he was not part of the show, so he was not. He was just pulled out from the audience and and got fake guillotined. And I don't know how it worked. So you had a front view of him. Yes. Like you could see you could see his head. Yeah. Wow, that and, is. And then they do it, and then it's like split second, and then there's a rubber head inside of <laughs> inside of a basket, and he's fine. And I have no idea how that works. We have got to go to Dollywood. <laughs> we do need to go to Dollywood. It is a it is a great place, and that's where I first felt like I wanted to be a magician. Mm. Which saying the words first felt like I wanted to become a magician <laughs> is almost as cool as being a guy who does a lot of alliteration. Well, oh, okay, that's fair. Um, I don't know. Uh, Teller's cool, right? Teller's very cool. Uh, who's another magician that's that's cool? There's uh, uh, there's that guy on Netflix. Uh huh. People people like him. Yeah. He does, he does yeah. magic. Um, what's that uh, breaking the magician's code guy? Oh yeah, but that cool cool mask. But there's one magician who stands above them all in yep. coolness, and that is Christopher Angel. Mm-hmm. Um. Just what a badass! Oh, see, I uh, I'm one of his friends, so I just know him as Mind Freak or yeah, MF. Yes. That's right. That's his that's his original name. He is. It's like it's like a wizard enchanted uh, someone's back tattoo, and it came to life. And yeah. that is that is Chris Angel, and that is that's a, <laughs> the coolest thing you can say about somebody. I will say that um, every magician I've seen, for the most part has done something that has made me uh, feel worried about yes, the world. Like, how are you doing that? And there's, and a, the, there's a magician. Chris Angel is yeah. in there, too. Like, he's done some sort of war. It's like, okay, I, I don't, I maybe not on board with your look, but that's fine. I'm not on board with, like, David Copperfield's look. But, no, uh, absolutely not. There's just things where it's like, what? It's... It, it, I almost I almost don't ask how instead I ask why. Like what just happened? Like I'm worried that there are all these like rifts in uh, reality. Yeah, how what what do you, no. Yeah. This yeah. Is, no. 
That's that's what I say to magic. No. No. <laughs> well, so we'll, we'll go to Dollywood and we'll do a live episode where we do 9 to 5 and Rhinestone. All right, we should maybe get into yeah, the actual exactly. well, grit of this show. <laughs> well, our, our first film uh, this evening, or for you, it may be morning as a listener. It might be lunchtime. Uh, you could be, it could be the evening. I, I'm going to list all the different times of day just so you feel included. The could be late at night. So our, our first film uh, is the 26th highest grossing film of 1946 and the winner of a Technical Achievement Award at the Oscars for Inventing a New Way to Film Falling Snow. Uh, it was additionally nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, and Best Film Editing at the Oscars, losing all four to William Wyler's The Best Years of Our Lives, a movie about World War II veterans readjusting to normal civilian life that I have never actually seen. It's a Wonderful Life is a movie that I care deeply about, uh, that I watch every year, but it's also a movie that I never watched all the way through until I was in my early 30s. It was ubiquitous on TV. I saw parts of it as I think nearly every human being uh, in, the, in the United States, at least, has seen this movie on at some point, has seen a clip, even if it's just in another movie playing on the background. Uh, but despite that ubiquity, I felt like I, I got it and that if I sat and watched the whole thing, I'd be bored by it. But that is not the case at all. And now here in my early 40s, as I noted, I watch it every year. It is a movie that I love so much that from the moment it starts playing, I get tears in my eyes because I know how emotional I'm going to get during the movie. And there's a very emotional scene very at the very beginning with a young George Bailey and a pharmacist at the at the place where he works as a soda jerk. And it is what just an, inc an incredibly emotional scene that sets up. Uh, the George Bailey character as uh, as being a nice a nice boy, but it is it is a wonderful film and also one of the darkest family movies ever made. Certainly the darkest Christmas movie, I would say. Uh -huh. uh, I mean, its core is about a man pushed to the brink of suicide uh, who wants to kill himself uh, because he thinks he's worth more dead than alive because of his life insurance policy and that his life has been a waste and that he is a failure and that doing this because of course as anyone driven to suicide uh, would think he's doing this because he is worthless and his family wouldn't miss him and his friends wouldn't miss him and that their life would just be better if he had never been born at all and of course we see what happens when George Bailey is never born at all and we have a world that is remarkably different and it's the movie sets it up all so well because you see him continually put others before himself uh, which keeps him from getting to live his own dreams but ends up helping a lot of other people lead theirs and leads to a wonderful life of its own uh, for him um, there's a few things I want to I want to talk about in this one one of the most well-known uh, some of the most well-known scenes from the movie involve the youngest daughter, Zuzu. Uh, there's a big scene where uh, he has Zuzu's petals that have fallen off the flower that she got at school that she won, that he puts in his pocket, and then they're not there when his guardian angel Clarence comes down and makes it as if he had never been born. 
And then whenever he's back, he reaches in his pockets and there's Zuzu's petals. And Zuzu's petals, he's so excited that he's oh. got Zuzu's petals. Um, hey, Zuzu's petals, hi! Sorry, that's my, that's my really that's a, good... That is, a great, that is a great Stewart impression. And this is, for Jimmy Stewart, when he is on the brink of killing himself, when he snaps at home and goes to the bridge, what a... A virtuosic mm. performance for for yeah. You will be hard pressed to find a more honest performance than those moments. It's just incredible. Uh, and then so Zuzu, Zuzu's petals, and also Zuzu is the little girl who says, "Teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings." As Zuzu was played by Carolyn Grimes, and I happened upon this story just because we were watching the movie and mm -hmm. i i sometimes when i'm watching people in in old movies i think is that person still alive sure it's thinking about it's, it's just so amazing to me the passage of time yeah. the notion this person who was just a child then because all these mm -hmm. memories of that who is now 80 years old which is exactly how old carolyn grimes is now she is 80 but i pull i just was i was clicking on and looking at, at all the characters and i pulled her up and started reading about her her life and it became this sort of story that in some ways paralleled it's a wonderful life so she oh. she was in this movie when she was i believe six years old and uh, then when she was eight her mother uh her her mother got early onset on alzheimer's disease and died uh, six oh. years later God. Uh, she also did not have her father so no her father actually died in an automobile accident the next year and Jesus. so at the age of 15, she had no family in Los Angeles. And so she was sent by a court to live with her uncle uh, in uh, Osceola or Osceola, or I don't know how you say it, Missouri. Now, this was a very difficult adjustment for her as rural Missouri is very different from Hollywood. Her aunt was strict, mean and unstable. Um, mm. But she adjusted to those changes because people in the town were aware of what had happened to her. And then she went off uh, to college in Missouri at the University of Central Missouri and became a medical technologist. And so Hollywood became just something from the past for her. She was not a child who grew up to be a star in some other way or work on movies. Uh, Zuzu was something that faded into the past with her childhood. As she married, some of this I'm just taking from Wikipedia, of course. Sure. She married, uh, she had two children, she divorced, married again, and then had more children with her second husband. Uh, and she, it was just something that she had done then at that point, 40 years before, when in the 80s, um, the, that, the, it was in the 80s that It's a Wonderful Life started to play on TV all the time, right. and people began to remember it and, get ex and, and be interested in it again. And that led Jimmy Stewart to wonder whatever happened to the little girl who had played Zuzu. And she had, was, she was 39 when Stewart's secretary tracked her down. And she was married, raising seven children, and had never seen the movie before. Oh. And so these then hardships continued to come with that. The hardest is which her youngest daughter or her youngest child committed suicide. Jesus. And then her husband died of cancer, her second husband. Uh -huh. But then the, her connection to It's a Wonderful Life brought with it encouragement. And in the mid-80s, she began to receive cards and letters from fans who loved the movie. And then as it became to be repeatedly shown on TV and cable every season, she began to have a big base of admirers. And she truly began, after the death of her second husband, she began mm -hmm. to appreciate the film and began watching it because of the deep desperation portrayed by Stuart. 
The struggles George Bailey faced echoed the hardships of her own life. She took the movie's message to heart and became its strongest advocate. Wow. (laughs) She has been called upon many, many times to introduce the film at screenings nationwide, meeting with people and signing autographs for those who had come to love the film and its portrayal of hope. Um, She went on a tour for Target uh, be doing market using because they use it's a wonderful life to, as part of their store Christmas advertising and she became an ambassador for them and they reunited all the Bailey kids and we went on tour all over the United States Grimes said it was fabulous I had the best time ever I didn't realize how much people love this movie they seem to just embrace us so much and put us in their hearts and through all this she met a psychologist who worked at the Benedict House in Washington a homeless shelter And she married him and moved to Seattle. And she continues to be closely associated with the film, traveling to introduce it at screenings uh, and share stories about her memories of Jimmy Stewart and the entire cast of of the movie. But I just thought that was such an an interesting tale. Just this one person who is, it's like a pop culture icon. She is like, to a certain degree, she's like R2-D2. Right. And uh, she's just a, a figure that exists within yeah. pop culture that even if you've never seen It's a Wonderful Life, you absolutely have seen uh, her say mm-hmm. every time a bell rings and angels gets yeah. wings. And here's also, this person who was never in another movie. Uh, it's, that's, I mean, it's remarkable. But I'm sure, I, mean, I know that that happens. Like the kid from The Shining wasn't anything else, I don't think. Uh, wow, going back to our very first episode. Yeah. Wow. Um, and also, uh, Zuzu Petals was the name of a character in the uh, the great film, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. So there you go. So there you go. Continue, what else? What else? To... <laughs> what other tribute do you need? The continuing uh, history of Hollywood. Wow. The this movie is also based on a short story um, written called "The Greatest Gift" that was continually rejected by publishers. And then the author of it simply printed it himself and sent it to 200 friends and family uh, hmm. as a um, just as a gift. And I mean, that, you have to really think a lot of yourself to here's a <laughs> present for you. Here's a story I wrote about Christmas. Uh-huh. Uh, well, you're welcome. Yeah. It's kind of like us earlier with us. <laughs> you're welcome for the podcast. <laughs> but it just so happens that uh, I believe he had an agent, and uh, mm-hmm. so one of those friends. Uh, knew Cary Grant and gave it to Cary Grant, uh, wow. and and that, and then he championed it and and got the rights ended up with with Capra after that, and the movie yeah. was purchased, and and the script was purchased and turned into a movie or the story was anyway, he did not write the script, but so that's I didn't realize it was based on on any sort of any sort of short story before, and then the the last thing that I mentioned in the intro was just how. The snow was how special it was, how the snow was filmed yes. uh, for this movie, as it may surprise you to learn that the wintery scenes are not filmed in the winter. They were filmed in the summer of 1946, and it was about 90 degrees outside mm-hmm. and during all those scenes where George Bailey's wearing a coat and running around like it's freezing outside. So there's my long intro to It's a yeah. Wonderful Life. Uh, again, there are many... I, I become... I've always been kind of emotional at uh, at, mm-hmm. at films and, and TV shows and even oh, commercials and oh, have sad this, looking dogs in them. I'll, this time uh, of year, it's the worst with commercials, man. It, it really is. And 
And as they get older, that continues to just worsen, if anything. And there are many movies that I begin to tear up at when I'm watching them. But this is just, it's just, just become one of those things that mm-hmm. it's, it's my brain just gets ready to feel yeah. sad, but then feel elated uh, at the end because of the wonderful, the, the wonderful way that the town reacts to mm-hmm. George Bailey, Bailey's predicament. Anyway, that's our, that's our great movie. Let's talk about it. What's yeah. the worst scene? What is the biggest piece of shit scene? And well, it's a wonderful life. Boy, you know, I ran out of uh, paper writing down all the bad scenes <laughs> in this one. Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. You know, we saw Richard. We went to see this. I think it was you, me, Nisha. Was Jamie with us? I can't remember who all was with us. We went to go see this at the Castro Theater in San Francisco. Uh, maybe the greatest movie theater I've ever been to in my life. Um, yes. Hope it comes back uh, into being a normal weekly theater. Uh, we saw this. Cried heavily throughout the movie i mean like it's it's an amazing old movie palace with a, an organist before the show and it just it's perfect um i love this movie i love i i last year instead of watching it's a wonderful life i watched um this was a thing that was done for pbs called god bless you george bailey and it's um bill pullman as george bailey and it was like a all-star cast reading it was like basically a uh, a staged reading of, of the script and it's terrific. Um, but uh, yeah, this is what's interesting is that this this film, I guess, was blasted for being a communist film at uh, one yes. point. Yeah. And it, it is true. Uh, it's, you know, banking for the poor and uh, everybody's invested in everybody else's uh, welfare and um, blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, if this is communism, I'll take it. It's fine. I, 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 I also think that this would have been a different film if Rod Serling had done a pass on the script. I think it maybe would have been definitely more serious. Um, but uh, I think that the things that I have trouble with, or this is at, at this point, like I'm really being very, uh, I don't know, picky about things. I think the opening shot of the different uh, nebulas talking to each other as heaven, you know, I think all of the stuff with um, the heaven stuff in the beginning is, is sort of non-essential to me. The same way that the opening shot of the UFO in John mm-hmm. Carpenter's The Thing is non-essential to me. It's like, I don't need it. I, I, I'm fine without that imagery. Um, it's almost like it's too much. It's too obvious. Um, like you would, would this have, this would have maybe been a better film if Clarence just shows up and you don't have his backstory. No, and, yeah. you know, and that you hear that every time a bell rings and you know, Angel gets his his wings, and you see this guy and it's like, well, is this guy is this guy just a nut? And then all of a sudden, no, they 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 have now like he has now changed reality, and uh, like holy crap, this guy is possibly a magician if not an angel. Or a mind freak, um, <laughs> a Chris Angel, if you will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man, um, <laughs> fuck it. Sometimes things happen, and they're just great. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I've I've written down some notes here. It's just, um, I think that. 
what's interesting while I watched this, my um, I was having like a, a slight left ear infection where it it hurt every time I opened my mouth or swallowed or yawned. So I mean, it hurt all the time. Um, so it was fascinating to watch this where George Bailey is deaf in his left ear and um, uh, golly gee. Yeah, a lot of stuff is like a lot of stuff is crammed into a short period. I mean, this is a two hour movie, but um, the stuff that people remember is really only what, like 10 minutes Yeah, at the, at the end. Like when he when when they remove him from from the earth is such a short, short span of time. And it's it's not my favorite stuff either. You know, it's the stuff leading up to it when he's in the bar. And it's that that look. And the reason that the, I read that the reason that looks so grainy is that it was a wide shot, and Stewart was so believable that they they blew up the the negative. So that's why it looks grainy is because mm. it's an unnatural zoom, um, and it is really truly the greatest scene or the greatest shot in the film. It's it's, and I don't know that we we haven't talked about it yet, but. This is Jimmy Stewart's first film after World War II, and in, in World War II, he flew something like 20 bomber missions. And, I mean, that is, that is horrifying. I don't know if anyone here, if, you've, if you haven't read uh, Catch-22, it's, um, it's very much about that and about how your life expectancy goes down with every bomber mission you fly. And it's, it's just a terrifying... Uh, a terrifying job you can't get out of unless you are discharged or dead. So, um, so the weight of that, like the, this is like, I, I cut you off during your intro. It, it, I, I can't point to another scene in any other film that is more real than this. This is the thing that this, this, that one shot is why I keep coming back to this movie. It's, it's, this is real. This is a, you're seeing an actual human struggling with what it is to be alive, what it is to, to, to feel grateful for, for being alive, for surviving when so many others didn't. And um, so uh, on a lighter note, I also wrote down uh, an idea for a new game show based on some of the scenes in this movie. Uh, it's called What's Under That Cloach? I'm not sure what that had to do. There's like some there's like some dinner scene, and they never reveal what's under the cloche. And it's like, well, what? Come on, that's <laughs> gotta reveal it. Gotta reveal it. But this is Frank Capra. Yeah. Always leave him wanting more. Yeah, that yeah. Was... Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so I, I keep coming back to. I think this is a better movie if you don't know for sure that Clarence is an angel. Um, uh, also, um, we talk about Jay Stu a little bit. He, once he goes into the you know suicidal territory, he's got a very heavy five o'clock shadow. So it makes me wonder how many times a day does he need to shave? <laughs> because he's he's clean shaven early on, but by the time he gets to to the bar at what I'm going to say is like six p.m., he's you know. He's 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 very stubbly. I'm, I'm just saying. Um, another thing, um, the the cop is very quick to shoot at an yes. unarmed man at the end of the movie. Um, an unarmed man running away from him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so 
I'm not sure what I what I really don't know what my pick is here. So I will say, just because I think it would be a more intriguing film without the the, the pre knowledge of 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 where Clarence comes from, I will pick that opening bit with the two nebulas talking to each other by by lighting up. I think it's just it's a lot of exposition, and the film would do better getting right to the action. Um, so. It feels so weird to be like picking apart this movie, uh-huh. <laughs> which was not was not an immediate financial success. Uh, it, it it didn't you know it, it like didn't really break even its first year, but it but it it found love anyway. Yeah, what the fuck? I'll pick the nebulas talking to each other in the beginning, um, setting up Clarence's uh, descent to Earth. Great pick. There we go. Great pick. What do you got? So first, you're talking about the bar scene. Yes. Um, you could take that and put that in a movie right now. And oh, it would be the acting yeah. that would, would be believable and fitting for yep. someone going through that struggle. That's something that makes... This movie feels... a lot of There are a lot of scenes, not every scene, but a lot of scenes in this feel pretty modern. I mean, part of that is it is Frank Capra, who mm-hmm. who made some great romantic comedies and was a very... Um, a director who knew how to write dialogue and how to make human feeling scenes but <laughs> there's just this movie is ahead of its time in a lot of ways uh, which is probably why it found its audience more in the 1980s than it did in the 1940s even though it wasn't a failure in the 1940s it was not a huge success Not certainly not at the level uh, that it is now um, at the time but it's not just Jimmy Stewart. Donna Reed is mm-hmm. incredible as as Mary. Yep. Lionel Barrymore is a great Scrooge as as Mr. <laughs> Potter, which who is essentially is exactly who he is yeah. is playing. Uh, Uncle Billy Thomas Mitchell is sure. is so good, um, and Clarence uh, Henry Travers. What a that, I, I think you were right that it's a better movie without us knowing going in that Clarence is an angel. Mm-hmm. If he just shows up at the end and jumps in the river as if he could be some crazy person who thinks he's being helpful. Yeah. And then he starts talking about the stuff. Then we, as the audience, become the man at the at the toll booth who yes. is reacting to him. And like because we know Clarence is an angel, watching him react like this guy's insane yeah. is yeah. is like well, he's not insane. He's an angel, man. Why are you reacting? It's like I already know this. Because it was set up earlier, but if we like the audience would feel the same way as him if we just didn't have yeah. that, uh, if we didn't have the surprise ruined at the very first scene of the right. Um, like imagine like Fight Club if they announced the surprise yeah. uh, right away. Like you just have him looking in the mirror and yeah. he sees Brad Pitt looking back yeah. at him or something. Yeah. Like that's not as that's not that's not as fun. Yeah, uh, or like if it was the Sixth Sense where the kid realizes that he's already dead, <laughs> uh, and that and that Bruce Willis is alive. I think that's how that movie ends, that's right? right? That's okay, right. Okay, exactly. cool, cool. Exactly. Um, so, so I agree with that. It's not it's not my worst scene, though. My I can get to my. There's really two things. There's one other thing that I that always gives me pause, and I actually it was something I read even before I'd fully seen every mm. scene in the movie in like a Salon.com article back when that was still a good a good website to read. Sure. Um, which was uh, talking about. Uh, how Pottersville is actually a lot cooler <laughs> than uh, than Bedford Falls. Like, 
it's more diverse. <laughs> there's there's more. Mm -hmm. There's there's a lot. It seems like there's a lot more commerce happening. There's people are having fun outside. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's very. You know, I feel. I feel like Ottersville really ripped off Back to the Future Two. Uh, it did rip of off Back to the Future Part Two. Uh, I mean, Pottersville obviously has a lot of problems underneath the surface. Yes, and, yes. But, um, but there's nothing... Pottersville itself is not so horrific. The people who have been individually affected by the loss of George Bailey and, and the fact that many people in Pottersville are now probably a lot poorer and mm -hmm. because the town is being run by Potter uh, completely and has no one to resist him. But the city itself, that's fine. It's, I mean, uh, Nick's Bar... I go to that bar. Hey. I also go to Martini's. Uh, I love both these bars, but um, but I hey, Nick's bar is a great bar. Yeah. Nick's personality change is really something to see. Without the existence of George Bailey in his life, that that is the most surprising turn. Like, wow, you're Shocking. a fucking asshole if you didn't know George Bailey and uh, and Martini. Um, but uh, I mean, I love all that scene. I love all that stuff. That's mm -hmm. not my worst scene at all. My worst scene though is part of that stretch. Oh, okay. And that's uh, the fate of Mary Hatch Bailey, Donna Reed, who, without George Bailey being there uh, to marry her, becomes a librarian spinster. And there oh, are this uh, this bothers me on multiple levels. One, the reaction to like there are people who are like homeless. There's a the pharmacist went to prison. Because George wasn't there to stop him from accidentally giving people poison because his son died. <laughs> and the... and But the thing that we freak out the most about is that Mary isn't married and works mm -hmm. as a librarian. <laughs> That's right. like the closing, like, holy shit, look what happened. She's, yeah. And she's scared and walking. She's become a meek spinster which is not the character we're introduced to at the beginning of the film. Right. Sam Wainwright is very taken with Mary, and I know that he's a bit of a playboy, and they may not have ended up together regardless, but Sam Wainwright's this rich dude who was seemingly in love with her, and probably if she'd moved to New York where he was, uh, they probably would have been together. I think it would have made right. more sense uh, for her life to be more like the life uh, of the of our wife in our second film uh, oh, yes. today, and oh, what yes. happens to her uh, instead of what what happens in um, to married. So that's my least favorite scene. Yeah. I think there would be a different, a better way to present Mary's life. Even mm -hmm. it could just be that she's not there; she's just on the newspaper, married to mm -hmm. Sam Wainwright. I think that would really bother. I think that would bother yeah. George if uh, if she was married to Sam. Uh, there's just a lot of ways you could do it where she's not just like a lonely spinster and acting like that's the most horrific reveal in the yeah. entire sequence on top of like his brother being dead. Sure. All right. Well, that happened. Sure. But boy, she works at the library. <laughs> Whoa, no. Um, I think that another thing that I did notice this time around is that uh, she's, she's really uh, terrific in this movie, but I feel that after they buy the house, after they're rained out, you know, they, they rain on the wedding day and your honeymoon is canceled because of all this obligation. You had and, too many forks when all you needed, you had too many spoons when all you needed was a knife. Right. And so, like, you know, she buys the house. Really, after that, 
role in the film is greatly diminished until we see her again as the librarian. And this is sort of, so it's, it, the film itself sort of becomes a little bit um, stuck in its, uh, in its era about um, yeah. what women's roles are in um, a, a relationship or a family. And so, um, so I think overall, I think that treatment kind of uh, gets a little sour for me, but, um, but yeah. yeah. Great point. That is a that is a um, that is a terrific selection. That is one place where the film is not ahead of its time. It is very yes. much in its yes. time yes. with uh, with how that works. Yes, but this film uh, very early on understood that, uh, as I've said many times, we'll continue to say that uh, capitalism is a mass grave that we're all being pushed into by uh, tractors driven by people who don't care about us. So. Uh, um, I hope you're all having a great holiday season. I just want to say that right now. <laughs> There's, um, um, we are a, a nation full of potters. Ah, that's or at least a nation being run by potters. Is that is this where the the phrase "potter's grave" came from? Huh. I wonder. I'm not sure. I'm I think like I'm just a, I'm just saying a, combos of words now. It doesn't seem like it would be, but if you're out there listening, just whisper it into your microphone. Potter's field. The potter's right. field. That's I'm gonna let's just Google yeah. that right now. Potter's field. It's definitely not gonna be not gonna be at a Potter's field or a Popper's field. Oh. A Potter's field, a Popper's grave, or common graves is a place for burial of the unknown, unclaimed, or unclaimed. Um. So there you go. Like the denizens of uh, Potter's. What's the city called? Pottersville. Yeah. The he had. A, I think. He, I think they called his like shanty town of yeah right right um, oh maybe it's a play on that got it right there you I, go i understand how things work you do it's true <laughs> all right i think it. i think we've both made decent choices here um, i think we have i think we can be proud of what we've done here yeah i think we can also be uh, proud enough to uh take a very short break and That's listen right. to some ads let's do it mm, ads love them well, we don't have regular sponsors here um, at Worst Scene, Best Scene, but uh, we do have a loose affiliation with other like-minded podcasters and um, filmmakers and um, weirdo mutants. Um, so we were just talking about Midnight Run. Um, I also want to mention there is a really great super independent film. By super independent, I mean made for nothing. I mean like pocket change. Uh, this was, this movie came out last year. It was a part of some film festivals. I had the honor honor of um, voting for it at the Scum Dance Film Festival. Uh, but Midnight Run was directed by um, a guy who I like to think of as a friend now, Richard A. Hernandez, and they are going to be putting out a DVD or a Blu-ray of it very soon. So you can find them on Instagram at Ramblings Productions uh, or on Twitter at ramblings prod uh check them out i also want to um as always mention our friends at eating after midnight it's a great podcast it's available anywhere podcasts are um sold for free and um also our other friends at ad wizards uh they're also available at um, all podcast sources uh richard what's that last one i always mess this one up the last one is the Infinity Shirt. Infinity-shirt.com. Uh, yes. 
uh, where you can go and buy a shirt that will allow you to stare into infinity. You should, uh, everybody should have the shirt. It should be, if you've ever heard of the potato parcel, it should be the potato parcel of our era. Uh, it is, it is, uh, it, I own one and I was wearing it around the other day uh, at a campground and everybody who saw it pointed and laughed and laughed. Now, normally that happens to me, but this time it was specifically because of the shirt. It wasn't because of anything else that was going on. So the shirt, one, distract the people from all the other things that you might laugh at that's happening with me. But that's because it was genuinely funny. It wasn't being, wasn't because it was pathetic or something. Now, we're going too far down no. this road. No, no, no. Infinity shirt is a hilarious thing. Infinity-shirt.com. Go check it out. Yeah. And uh, so Midnight Run, Instagram, Rambling Productions, Ramblings Productions, Twitter at Ramblings Prod, Eating After Midnight uh, on Instagram. They are just uh, all one word, Eating After Midnight Podcast. Ad Wizards also on Instagram, Ad Wizards Pod. Oh, and also we're on uh, Facebook, and that's uh, Worst Scene, Best Scene. And we're also on Instagram now at Worst Scene. Look at us on all these visual mediums. Uh, as for a for an audio uh, platform, yeah, I there just needs to be a website. I, I don't understand what I said. There, there should be a website where it's just everything on. It's just audio is happening. Is that where we should yeah, list? Yeah, yeah. Is that is that no. a website? I guess uh, Spotify. I, I guess I guess everywhere where you listen to a podcast is a website where audio is happening. I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, I'll say I had an AOL site and it was just a. Uh, audio clips of Charlton Heston from Planet of the Apes on loop. So that's, I think, is that what you're talking about? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Fair enough. There you go. <laughs> we did it. We did ads. We got through, we got through those ads and that went just fine. All right. Uh, as we say here, always announce alliteration. I'm saying that now as there uh, may be some alliteration coming up and I don't want to, you know, break the flow of things to say that later on. All right. And now our second movie, Mr. Destiny. There was a period of time when Jim Belushi, king of the schlubs, was a leading man. Yeah, him. That doughy, lovable Chicagoan. The human embodiment of macro-brewed beer and rec league softball games. Starting with 1989's K-9, Belushi had a short run top-lining, generally harmless, likable, semi-family-friendly fare. Uh, Mr. Destiny, a film that asks... What if we took the shortest and maybe dopiest part of It's a Wonderful Life, made it dopier and more bland, and then turned it into our entire movie, uh, came towards the end of Belushi's brief run? Mr. Destiny is from the team responsible for Tough Guys, covered here previously, and Three Men and a Baby, which I'm sure we'll get around to. Uh, as I hinted earlier, this movie draws heavily from It's a Wonderful Life, not to mention Dickens' Christmas Carol. Though much like George Bailey, Belushi's Larry Burroughs is not a Scrooge so much as he is defeated and unsatisfied with how his life turned out. Instead of Clarence the Angel, here we get Mike, the bartender, uh, an effortless Michael Caine. Uh, the, cast, the rest of the cast is filled out with reliable performers like Rene Russo, John Lovitz, uh, Hart Bachner, who we all love from Die Hard, uh, Courtney Cox, and the great Maury Chaikin. The movie also features Linda Hamilton playing a character named Ellen Ripley. That's right, Sarah Connor as Ellen Ripley. Sadly, she doesn't get to wield a pump-action shotgun or flamethrower here. 
Uh, Mr. Destiny didn't fare too well with critics and failed to turn a profit in theaters. While most reviewers found the film to be too mild or bland, uh, Belushi was recognized for his work. To quote, uh, to quote Hal Hinson in the Washington Post, he brings a schlubby sense of decency to his role of a tractome Jimmy Stewart. For some reason, he seems less like a real-life Fred Flintstone than usual here, and his natural thick-headedness helps keep the pathos in director James Orr and Jim Crookshank's script from being overwhelming. This is his most likable performance. I, I probably agree with that, um, though at any night, uh, I'm happy to talk with any of you about Jim Belushi's career at length. Um, so just, you know, give me a call. Okay, with that, uh, let's get into it. Richard, what is the best scene in this pretty much okay movie? Mr. Destiny. Mr. Destiny is pretty much okay, mm -hmm. as you described. Yeah, as you also described, it bombed at the box office and did not do well with critics. But it did not do well with the critics in very much a kind of, yeah, kind of way. Like, yeah, there you go. There it is. It's a movie. It's the Jim Belushi of movies. It's, it's all right. Like, if it's, if I'm the, if it's around then I'm happy to see it there. Sure, that's great. That's fine. If it's on the TV at a bar, I would look at it occasionally. And, but uh, it's not something I ever need to watch again after watching it this this one time that I that I did. Because it is boring. It is very deeply boring. I would say uh, a good summation of the movie by Roger Ebert is that it is a slow march through foregone conclusions. And that is exactly what it is. Yeah. It is slightly yeah. shorter than It's a Wonderful Life, but it feels longer. Uh, even yes. though it's in color and there are things like baseball, uh, <laughs> our most exciting sport, uh, oh, yeah. happening, in the, in, happening in the background. So everything that makes this movie good for me, one, they do handle... Uh, Ellen Ripley's character better. I appreciate that her life is better without him. So when when he, when he so when when Jim Belushi, which as we already noted, this is very much and it's a wonderful life thing. Though you spend most of your time, uh, as you know, to George in the part of the film that is the shortest. Instead of you don't have you have almost no setup. And all payoff in this movie versus having all kinds of setup with payoff, and it's a wonderful life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you just get right into the fact that this guy's a slub, and life must suck, and so he immediately goes into this alternate universe. Uh, so, but it was—I was worried that when he would find his wife doing something that would be shitty, um, she'd been fired, or right. and said she appeared to be a more powerful figure at the company than she was <laughs> yeah. whenever they were married, and she was in a really nice house yeah. with a husband who seems kind of like a jerk, but they're just having a fight, and they didn't... Right. He wasn't necessarily like a bad guy, and they're, they, it seems like he's really good looking. She's got like, a cool dog. She wears like, power suits. She's doing great. Although I like her outfits when she's married to Jim Belushi. I mean, though. she's 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 cool in both both cases, but it's 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 Linda Goddamn Hamilton. It she's is. one of the coolest people that has ever been in a movie, ever ever. So, Sorry. yeah, no, it's just she is. I and feel this strongly. Is, about this that. cast is truly incredible. It's got 
him and Linda Hamilton yeah. and Michael Caine and John Lovitz and Courtney Cox and yeah. Renee Russo. Right. Um, it's 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 really something. And uh, also uh, J. O. Sanders, the former former football player. Uh, yeah. In in yeah, he's. I, I mean, like he's playing a former football player. He's there's yeah. This is a I, great cast. I love how something. Okay, so my favorite things. One, yeah. J. O. Sanders, yes, the person who runs the company in in the real timeline, mm-hmm. uh, and the uh, and Mister Mister uh, Burroughs, the the older or not Mister Burroughs, Leo Hansen. Uh, yeah. the the old the man who owns the the yes. business how sweet yes both of them are the it's like i'll fucking work for a company run by those two numbskulls just, yeah just nice just dumb nice people like i think you you feel like you're gonna get set up that they're gonna be assholes and then like, no nope. when, whenever you first meet jo sanders character jackie bumpers uh <laughs> he's just like I just want to check in on you. I just, it's just, I'm sure what? you have some great ideas. You're doing it's like you're doing a great job. Then he sees John Lovitz with like toilet paper stuck up his nose as a joke, and he's like, "That's funny. I love this guy." <laughs> it was all just so it's great. This is wonderful. Um, like, wow, they're really that's fun. They're really yeah. the villain is a businessman, Hart Bachner, uh, but the God. but the other two main businessmen are are yeah. simple they're like puppies they're just like yes. simple simple puppies that are just want to run the company in a nice way if that's okay and then you know Rene russo is sort of set up to be like some kind of mean vixen type character and uh she's absolutely not that no nope, not at all so i appreciate that there's it takes some creative terms with characters it's not doing the most obvious mm-hmm. things with people even as it does the right. most obvious things with with story um I'm intrigued also to think about, since this is such a fully formed alternate reality, we spend mm-hmm. all our, like, in the alternate reality of It's a Wonderful Life, we're there so briefly, the idea of it as, like, a vision uh, is, is, as, like, a, just a creation of Clarence makes sense. And this, um, what Mr. Destiny has brought uh, Larry Burroughs to uh, feels like a real place that exists to the point that I think it is an actual reality in which all these things happened uh, because there's when he's first talking about when he strikes out and Jim Belushi's young, young Jim Belushi, when we see young mm-hmm. Jim Belushi strike out James Belushi doing his, um, his narration talks about how he saw a flash of light, which mm-hmm. blinded him and kept him from hitting the ball. as if Mr. Destiny was stopping this reality from happening um, he was keeping it from from ah. happening uh, to him. And it was like a purposeful thing. And then you see what would happen if if he hadn't stopped it. Like he's inter he's interfering with a reality that did occur, oh. um, which is which is very which is interesting. To, so almost to me. more of a it's almost more of a Neil Gaiman take on on this material. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> when he switched them out, he also switched the other Jim Belushi into the other timeline to show him wow. what he what he could be if he had only if he'd only struck out. Wow. That's interesting. Like if it was a fucking millionaire who really wanted out. Yeah, he's like, I wish I was I'm, I wish I was still a simple guy. I wish I could just drink a bottle of light beer. Hmm. Yeah. Because he's wow. still that at his core, so I I like to think of the re- that 
we're seeing it from this perspective, but what's actually happening is the reverse. Um, <laughs> as Mr. Wow. Destiny is stopping that other reality uh, by just, yeah. So that makes the movie better to me when I think of it that way. And also, okay. Michael Caine is is very good, obviously, uh, as this kind of role. That Michael Caine is a type of god figure. is obviously mm-hmm. a very easy thing for him to play and to be believable in. To walk into a like a bar on a like a hidden corner Boy. in the middle of nowhere in a town that lights up with this neon sign. Yeah. Um, how how much a, did you want to go to that bar? I want to be in that bar. And as My soon as he walks God. in there, what a what an incredible just yeah. I would I wish I could just sit in there and drink all day. Um and so anything involving <laughs> Michael Caine is my favorite scene uh-huh. in in this movie. So we'll just start it with the when he walks into that bar because that's that's when you can feel the magic. If the more of the movie felt like that, uh, it would be if it had leaned more into the uh, Mr. Destiny meddling with things, which he does uh-huh. appear a few times, and it's always a relief when he does. Yeah, um, always the surprise, uh, Jim Belushi. Yeah. He's got but, a good bit about the uh, company meatloaf that I, I love. Oh, that's I, I really like that. So, and I liked it uh, to my earlier theory about him changing the future to create the the more schlubby existence of Larry Joseph Burroughs. He's in the stands <laughs> at the game when he strikes out, and and it's like encouraging him that it's all gonna all gonna work out. Like he was there, he did make that happen. He made that strikeout happen to stop a future in which the friendly uh, old Leo Hansen is mm-hmm. murdered. So mm-hmm. that's what he he was he was doing that on purpose. Much the way that Kyle Reese went back in time to exactly. stop the Terminator from killing Sarah Connor. So. This and Terminator, same movie. Same movie, exactly. Forget about it's a wonderful life yeah, in this. This is this yeah, Terminator. No, this is a uh, Charles Dickens, a Terminator Carol. <laughs> so that's not anyway. Good. I'm I'm rambling here. Good. The uh, the Michael Caine, Michael Caine. That's as a, in his first appearance as the bartender. Mike, uh, the bartender. Yeah, I I I I love it. So that's my favorite scene. Mike, the bartender. Uh. It's good. I, you know, I, this is another one of those movies where Michael Caine doesn't have to do a lot. He can just be Michael Caine. And, you know, he's got, uh, as he calls him, uh, me hooded cobra eyes. And um, yeah, he's great. Uh, does, he, does he call them that? I think he has. I think he said, like, that's what uh, there's some old story about, like, why people are attracted to him. He's like, oh, it's me hooded cobra eyes or some 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 old so I don't know. Uh, I may have written that story myself. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh-huh. Not sure. Um, what's odd is that I feel like I saw this movie uh, to completion before I saw It's a Wonderful Life to completion. I'm not sure that's the right way to use to completion. <laughs> I don't know either, but uh, I think I saw this all the way through before I because I think. It's a Wonderful Life is one of those movies you see that's sort of fragmentary. It was like on yeah. TV, and it is. It was not as ubiquitous as it is now. I think like through our lives, it has become like as you said, more and more shown. Um, and um, uh, now it's you know I almost started to watch the colorized version, which is on uh, Amazon Prime, just as a 
than a novelty because like this one and Miracle on 34th Street and the other great uh, Christmas film, Night of the Living Dead, were the three big um, classic films that were being colorized by, uh, by Ted Turner. Anywho, I'm just rambling now. Uh, I had a few notes. Like, I'm not sure that we needed the voiceover in this. No, definitely not. Uh, it's, it's kind of okay without it. I am a big jo- uh, Jim Belushi fan. I'm an okay John Belushi fan, but I'm a big Jim Belushi fan. Um, one of the movies that he was the leading man in um, is called Taking Care of Business with uh, Charles Grodin. I don't know that I mentioned this when we did Midnight Run and Clifford. But uh, my brother, my dad, and I were extras in this scene near the end of the movie, filmed at the Angel Stadium in Anaheim. And so we got to be very close to Jim Belushi while he caught a pop fly. Uh, very fun, very fun. If you, if you watch that movie at the end, the, look for a kid wearing a bright fluorescent green shirt, and that, that's me. Uh, all right. Oh, another thing I noticed um, when it becomes the... Uh, the 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 fancy lifestyle jim belushi's office the door handles are bowling balls did you notice this yes i'm into it i mean if there's a bowling actor i think it's jim belushi it's jim belushi or it's ed o'neill those are the bowling actors of the 80s and 90s um and it indicates that even at that point he still has that desire Right. For the schlubbier life. Right. So people shouldn't be upset if he's asking for a light beer in the bottle. I mean, yeah. all right. There's some issues here. There are some issues. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this movie's just okay. It's a passable way to spend, you know, 100 minutes. Uh, it's not my favorite of the, the films that, that JB is the star of. Um, I think that maybe Real Men, although that's kind of a co-starring thing, that's a that's a great movie. Um, anyway, yeah, I had a few ideas for what my favorite scene is. When John Lovitz is on the ledge about to commit suicide and he's being talked down. Also, what the hell kind of sporting goods company has this fucking massive glass uh, skyscraper and huge footprint. It's just like, what the shit? It has this massive, huge skyscraper and footprint in a small town. Right. In, in a Indiana. small town that is also an industrial town. Because when he when the car breaks down, it's like you can see mills. Yep. And then otherwise, it's like track homes. It's just, it is the most bizarre. It's, it's sort of, let's have every location in this one location. Um, it's like Springfield. Ah, there you go. There you go. Uh, you're welcome, The Simpsons. Sincerely, Mr. Destiny. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't pick the Lovitz on the ledge. Um, I, I picked a very weird scene, um, and just because it has Maury Chaikin, who I love. But when he goes to meet the contractor, and uh, he doesn't do mud, and he asks him, like, how much is this going to be? He's like, a thousand. Like, don't you guys know anything else to say other than a thousand? Uh, Two thousand. For some reason, it's a small little moment, but for some reason, that scene is very funny to me. Like, I, I laughed. I watched it. I was watching this again earlier today. Uh, I laughed again. Um, I think that's my pick. My pick certainly isn't all the gunplay at the end of this movie because no. Jesus Christ, what the fuck! It mirrors. I mean, it, it, it sort of mirrors and expands upon all of the 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 shooting the 
cops shooting an unarmed man uh, that was established in It's a Wonderful Life. Um, oh, it's weird that like the cops are shooting at an unarmed white man. Like that seems weird. It does. Uh, I guess. I guess you know, time has made that kind of seem even uh, more implausible. Uh, sorry, is that too political for our fucking New Year's episode? I don't know. No, it's just political enough. Uh, who cares? Uh, so I, I think. Um, I mean, I, all that shit at the end with the, the the chase and the guns and like the killing. It's like it. it this movie does suck. The third act sucks. Oh my god, that is awful. I, I, I just watched it and I kind of blocked yeah. that out. Like the last third of this movie, it yeah. goes from being just a they, they kill the fucking dog. Alternate it's reality. Like, fuck like as soon as I saw the dog in the street, like you're not going to hit the dog with the car, are you? Like they won't do that. Yeah. He swerves to avoid it, and then he still hits the dog. What the fuck? Why? Yeah. So you have this, you know, you have this businessman. Uh, mm-hmm. that our villain, our, our, our evil businessman, uh, being set up to just be an evil businessman. But then he becomes, like, American Psycho. He's yeah. actually setting up to murder Jim Belushi's character. Yeah. Um, I had forgotten all that. And when we got to that point, it's like, wait, what the fuck? Like, I feel like I remember they framed him for something, but not an accidental murder yeah. of a doddering sweet old man. And he, I mean, and he was going to purposely murder Jim Belushi, and he accidentally <laughs> murdered a sweet old man, and then was like, this is even better. I can, I can set him up for this. Yeah. Um, now, and uh, then, cr- and, 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 yeah, Courtney Cox showing up with a gun. Oh, <laughs> don't need it. It's like in in, in in like Rene Russo's part gets like increasingly you know, that's not fair. Actually I really I like that I really do like that Rene Russo is such a solid character in this. I think that I think that, that it is one of the high points of the movie is that she like the, the thing with um uh with mike the bartender comes back and is like you know she's she's been loyal to you she's you know she's a good mom and and i think that that's a nice way to kind of undermine the expectations of what you you know what what's being presented visually like you know her casting and like the the racy outfits and all that garbage um all that garbage am i becoming the target audience for mr destiny you might be only time will tell um Anyway, yeah, uh, the third act is eh, the middle act is kind of boring. First act, it, it does. I think the I think maybe the problem is that the first act does show promise, and it just never really delivers the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, it's just likable enough. Um, I will probably see this movie another time before uh, I before the end of my days. Um, I just I like Jim Belushi, and I think that he has been great in some films. I think there's a, he did a film with Tupac called Gang Related that is w- like wildly underrated and uh, very good. I think they're both great. Uh, it's a movie you watch that and it's like, oh, Tupac could have been an award-winning actor at some point. So yeah, I mean he's in Thief. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, that Thief is his first real. Uh, Belushi's first real, uh, you know, credited film role, and um, and he's great. He he does a lot of work in that to to kind of soften it. 
Um, he's like maybe the most human part of that film. Uh-huh. What a way uh, to start, and then just uh, slowly, yeah, descend an escalator of quality down. Yeah, yeah. Again, he's great. There's a film that he's in with uh, John Ritter called Real Men that is so bizarre uh, and so funny. It's it's one of my all time favorites. Uh, it's a movie that I own, and um, when I was a kid, we would watch that thing once a month. It was it's great. But we're not talking about real men. We're talking about no. Mr. Destiny. So did I make it to praise Jim Belushi? Yeah, that's why we're here. We're not here to bury Jim Belushi. No. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I guess my pick is the scene with the contractor. I just I find that I just it's funny and Maury Chaykin. Is, is it too slight of a scene? Am I picking the wrong thing? Am I doing it wrong? Our last episode of the season. If there was a time to to do it wrong and continue yeah. the traditions of you doing it wrong, this is yeah because you haven't done it wrong that much lately. No, but this so. isn't wrong. Wrong. It's oh like no, an it's actual not wrong. Scene. It's a scene. That's a that's a scene. That's this is not just a section of a scene. This is something where we cut to this scene. Yes. It's from a another full scene. scene. You see the whole scene. It ends with this punchline. Belushi's wearing sweatpants and a, and a, and a cub shirt. It's very yeah. Belushi. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my pick. All right. Maury Chaykin, who's, who is just, he's, he's great. I love Maury Chaykin. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, yeah, cool. There we go. Well, folks, thanks for joining us here today. We'll see you. Wait, hey, well, how, well, hey, hey. Not so fast. Oh, yeah. We have another segment to talk about. Right. <laughs> so now, This is part where I have to remember what I said in the first half of the episode. So. Hmm. Let's get to that. Let's talk about let's it. Let's do it. Let's, let's do it. Okay. Let's say, what is better? What the, is better? The worst scene in It's a Wonderful Life or the best scene in Mr. Destiny. Okay. I'm going to go first because I think both of my picks are not good. Okay. <laughs> I feel I feel very um, unsure. So I've got the two nebulas talking to each other as heavenly bodies. Get it? They're heavenly bodies. They're nebulas. Um, versus uh, the great Canadian character actor Maury Chaikin uh, as a Polish contractor in some godforsaken suburbia um i don't know i i i i honestly i like the maury chaykin scene better again i think that it's a wonderful life is a better film if you remove the celestial quality like i think if you if you if you take that out and just hint at it I think it's actually even more heartbreaking and more sweet and like when you get to that end point um when he's bought in and he now has faith it's 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 a stronger film without really obviously setting that up so yeah i'm going maury chaykin going mr destiny boom and yeah you can't under you said you had two bad choices but you can't under you can't shouldn't be undercutting your wonderful life choice you're talking about something that could significantly alter the yeah like the make it even better movie if you remove it so and and if we removed the scene that you chose for Mr. Destiny, it would make it a worse movie. So that is you true. You did an excellent job choosing. Oh, your, why? Your I two thank scenes. you very much. Wanna, you. you you need to hear. I think you need to hear more <laughs> praise on the on the podcast. So 
gosh. For me, it was Mary turning in to be a librarian spinster, uh, which is the most horrific reveal. Good after lord. seeing that your brother is dead and that like, your mom's life wait, is a tragedy. A, a woman never married and bore children? God forbid. <laughs> See, to, so that versus Michael Caine hanging out in the bar and Mr. Mm -hmm. Destiny. Obviously, uh, Mr. Destiny wins. Whereas yeah. The best scene in that is pretty it, Again, it, it is, it is maybe scene. the best. Like we, We're talking about three different bars on tonight's episode, not to mention the soda fountain. Yeah, and Mike's bar, uh, whatever it's called, I forget. It's some clever name, um, very clever because I forgot it. Uh, is really one of the bars that I would want to just live out my days in. It is so great. I'm not even a huge baseball fan. It's I want to go into that bar. Uh, it's just it seems peaceful. I know what it smells like in there. It's kind of nice. Maybe a little bit like uh, peanuts and sandalwood. Yeah, you can, and it's called the Universal Joint. Ah, Universal Joint. Yeah. It's got a yeah. cool neon sign. Right. I'm in. I'm also intrigued at the bar by the concoction of stuff that he mixes. Mm -hmm. Like, there's more than just the stuff you put into this drink. Like, what other drinks does he make back there? Yeah. That affect people's lives and uh, change. Like, I'm intrigued by, a like, a Doctor Who-ish Mr. Destiny figure uh, that is that is wandering the earth changing outcomes like almost like yeah. a a, yeah. a more mythical like figure like almost like a more mythical quantum leap mm -hmm. where he's sure. got to set right what's wrong um through his uh through his bar alcoholic beverages was, yeah, and, and you know beverages. and you know who does a great uh michael kane is uh, simon Pegg. so i'm just thinking here we go Maybe uh, we'll put together a, a pitch and um, yeah, Hollywood. If you're listening, reach out. Yep, we are uh, we are selling what you are buying, and that's that is right. gold. Yep, that's what you want. You have all this other garbage that you're getting uh -huh. pitched day in day out. You know, maybe it's that we've hung out with the with those guys from um, uh, uh, Great Samaritans that I've becoming I'm becoming more of a cocky asshole like. Uh, just like it feels good to do it it's fun it's, it's just you gotta just let loose um, yeah i'm not calling those guys cocky assholes but they was the cockiest assholiest thing you did was imply they, that they were cocky <laughs> assholes uh it's 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 yeah um they play they play one on tv i'll just say that um yeah, they're wonderful but they're, they're totally sweet people i love them but, um great hosts great yeah. just great great podcast dudes wow so you know i i, I didn't want to tell you I, I we do have a promotion um and um so you're you're covering your hand you're covering sorry, your mouth, covering sorry, my mouth. Your all right hand. here we go so um if it's a wonderful life at one everyone would have been entitled to one free uh 36 ounce can of Red Bull because it gives you wings. Um, so unfortunately, that is off the table. But um, every because because um, Mr. Destiny won, uh, everyone is entitled to one free bottle of Miller Lite beer uh, served in the bottle, not in the glass. 
Um, but it, it is not in, it's not in grocery stores. You have to go to an actual bodega or what they call liquor stores. And again, Richard, you've explained this before, not every store is participating. And look, there are just so many of them uh, in the world that we, 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 we can't give you a list. So yeah, these are independent companies. Yeah. Yes. You know, we we can't know who's, yes. who's doing what. Just so be if, thankful if you find one. Yes. So you, if you go in, you mention worst scene. And um, if the, the person behind the, the register doesn't know what you're talking about, just take that receipt and uh, send it along with a self-addressed stamped envelope to uh, Mr. Destiny Miller Lite Promo at Miller Lite Promo's dash destiny dot co dot org and um somebody at the at the promotions department will get back to you and uh, send you a check to cover all your expenses so um good luck um, with all that good luck <laughs> <laughs> best of luck now if that email bounces that's a sign that that um, oh the promotion's over the promotion's over this so here's the thing it's christmas time there are a lot of Mr. Destinies out there. Yes. Who and a lot of angels out there alternate altering reality for people just to show them what life would be like if things were different. And if mm -hmm. you try to get this deal and you're unable to, or you send an email to, to the promotions desk mm -hmm. uh, and are unable to get through, that is simply an alternate reality yep. that is being presented to you yeah. uh, as a way to show you that you shouldn't have done that. That you you weren't meant to get that deal, mm -hmm. and so but alternate but alternate reality you got the deal and we're very happy about it. They so. loved it, they they loved it, and so that's we can't give two deals. It can't. We're, there's just let's, one. Us. Yeah, let's there's let's, just, let's we get, have this let's, one reality. Let's get, let's get real with Can this you reality. Expect us to pay for beers at like three, four, five different realities for like five of you. I, no, that's no. that's honestly rude to even think about it. Yeah. So for you to for you to expect that of us is and, and look, hey, look, if you, you're not thinking it, we're not thinking this about you. We're not we're not assuming that you're you're thinking this, but just there's a few of you out there. You you've reached out uh, through email, and uh, come on, guys, let's 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 get real. Like yeah, you don't pay like, anything like the for real this. world. Let's get real. <laughs> so. Um, um, I want to say, so no, go ahead. You no, you think. go ahead. You you want to say something? I, I do. I, I do. I, I think about with both of these films. Um, I brought this up to you while we were. Uh, so Richard and I are um, we're young men. We're very young, and uh, we were um, having uh, some cocktails on Friday and some tums because we're young people. And so what young people do is you have a drink and you have some tums, and you have a drink and you have some tums. You see it on and TikTok. Then, and you have some Pepto. And then you go to bed and then you wake up two hours later, uh, very angry. And then you have some water and some more Tums. Uh, so Richard has just stepped away. So it's just us now. Um, but I'm going to wait. We'll cut all this out. Unless he's been murdered. In which case, please call the police. Um, I mean, I guess I could call the police because I know his address, but it might be fun for you all to call the police and just kind of guess at his address. Um, yeah, boy. We should probably cut all this out. 
All right. I just, uh, you're probably going to cut all that out, but I, I just vamped in a very weird way. Um, oh, I'm not going to cut any of that out. So, so, uh, so I was just going to say that um, this is something that, 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 that you and I talked about is that I, I don't know what my life would be like if I hadn't met you now, what, almost 20 years ago. Um, my life is so much richer so much more full uh and 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 I, i've had so many more opportunities to do weird things um so richard uh i am absolutely thankful and i would never commit suicide to collect on insurance um knowing that you're in my life i think that's how i wanted to say that <laughs> I, th I think that's a great i, I would say to you <laughs> that I would never commit suicide to collect insurance knowing that you're in my life. Oh. And we we talked about this when we were drinking on Friday night, but like you you are in like a linchpin of my life. Not just in the you know, everything you said about me is is true for you too in terms of of it's given me so much of an opportunity to do weirder things, more interesting <laughs> things. Yeah. Um more creative things in life that we've been able to partner on. Um, I've just had a more fun life as a result. If nothing else happened, but I just knew you and nothing yeah. else that came with it, that's just a better life already on its own. But removing you from my life would change my entire life, like the entire like arc of it since yeah. my, since Monica, my girlfriend, um, I met through Land, mm -hmm. her best friend's boyfriend, who is my friend and a, a regular guest host on the podcast, who right. dated Aviva, one of Monica's closest friends from high school. Um, and I know Land uh, because I know you, since the two of you are best friends and went to high school together. Mm -hmm. And so... Even just knowing Monica, I wouldn't have met Monica or known her if I hadn't met you. If I wow. hadn't, if we hadn't hung out 20 mm -hmm. years ago and started playing NBA 2K yeah. uh, on, your, on your PlayStation. And, you know, San Francisco is a small city, but I wouldn't have moved here if it wasn't for Nisha. And then I wouldn't have met you without Nisha because uh, Nisha was in a show with someone that, that you were hanging around with. Yeah, and through that, um, I realized that like, that I really enjoyed hanging out with you. And then we played NBA Two K something on my PlayStation. Um, you know, you're you're a big Iverson guy. You're an Iverson and a Larry Bird guy. Is that that's right? Is that how that worked out? Anyway, Absolutely you're not. you're an Absolutely Iverson not. guy. You're, you're an Larry Iverson Bird guy. out of your mouth. Yeah. I do not like Larry Bird. That's right. I think <laughs> I was Larry Bird, so I just wanted to like try to like score on you. My three point guy was Chris Mullen, I believe. That's right. You were <laughs> Molly. Molly. That's right. It was Iverson and Molly. Yeah, and I was like Magic and Bird. And uh, I mean, that's not a great so beer. good. Yeah, it was. It's fine, but it's not so good. Um, uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So it is bizarre um, that this sort of butterfly effect thing has, um, you know, in, entwined us. I think, you know, it's forever. It's, it's I, I can't imagine not having you in my life. So uh, this has been terrific. And it's been a fun year to be able to do this as much as we have. And um, I can't wait to do more of it. Yeah, me neither. I'm very excited for the for the next year.
yeah. and for all the many episodes of this podcast to come and to all the trips to the Castro and the oh, beers yeah. at Vesuvio's and the mm-hmm. and too much whiskey in, in your kitchen. Yeah. It's a, uh, my life would be so much less without those things. So, yeah, it's a, uh, and so you know, for everybody out there, you know, it's, it, it's a gift. Friendship is a gift. Um, and family is what you make of it. And, uh, Enjoy what you can. Enjoy as much of what's avail- available for you to enjoy. True. Right? Does that make That's sense? Right. That's right. That does make sense. Family also, is family is where you find it. Yeah. It is your family is obviously your family. You have the family you were born with, but then you yeah. have your family that you find and that you choose to make your family. Yeah. And I'm, that family, I'm, especially when you're when you're in a city like San Francisco, where yeah. half the people here moved here from somewhere else, um, and often moved far away from mm-hmm. from that somewhere else, you have to find a family. You have to make a family if you're going to to survive and live uh, yeah. like a full life there. And uh, I'm happy for that. I'm happy that my family here starts with you. Who who would I be? Would I would my would my uh, ego have inflated to a point where I was a monster that was... <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Would I be a villainous figure in the city? Would I be... Or would everyone that I care about have been pushed out of the city, you know? I mean, there's... By the... me. Well... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like, like the Salesforce Tower would just be a projection of your face on the top <laughs> of it. Right. You know? That's right. Like kneel before me, you slime. Um, anyway, anyway, well, this has been terrific. And um, do you mind? Like, uh, we'll just like go through the spend our last moments here, uh, just shouting out the names of all the people who have been on the ep- the, the show this let's, year. Let's um, do that. Let's go through. Let's pull up an episode list. Yeah, and I'll start with the episode that. Um, be the most recent before this one with uh, uh, Sasha and Amy. We've already mentioned them before. Um, they're great. I've known them a long time. Uh, not that long because we're not old people anymore. We're not old. Um, we're not. No. So Sasha, Amy, uh, the the great uh, Aviva Siegel, the great great Aviva Siegel. I mean, come on. The amazing. Yeah, if you're in LA, go to Cult Comedy. Um, Jeepers Creepers. Uh, she's also a good follow on Instagram and um, a talented uh, filmmaker and editor. Uh, very talented. That she is. Uh, that she is. All right, who's next? Who's next? Well, that's since we just mentioned Eva, let's mention Land. Land. Hey, Land, Land Smith. Land Smith. Uh, Abenante. Yeah. Land, hey. boy. You you've heard him here on the podcast. You know he's a funny guy. Mm-hmm. You know he's wonderful. If you get a chance to see Land, oh boy, comedy, you will never forget what you just experienced. Quite yes. often, when I've been at a show and brought some <laughs> random person, yeah, uh, or I encourage them to go, <laughs> yeah. and even if there's like a bigger name there mm-hmm. or some Land's style of comedy is unforgettable, and he's often he's often the favorite. Uh, when he is, he he often does the shortest set. 
Yep. Uh, and and it's just everything he does is so funny that it is something that you will want to hear. I've heard some of his jokes a hundred times. Uh, um, but it, uh, but I uh, to, just to you know uh, so Sasha and Amy they've got the great uh, show Eating After Midnight. Uh, also, Aviva made a video for a talkies episode called "We Have the Same Car." Oh my god! Which is about a Honda Fit, and and I bought a Honda Fit last year, and I often am singing the "We Have the Same Car" with vocals by uh, Land. Um, it is a terrific, terrific short video. Okay, so that's okay. Land handled. That's that's Aviva handled. Um, who you got next? Uh, Dan is our most regular. We should say our, Dan for Lance. We'll save him last. All right. Um, so uh, a big thing was we got Jamie on, and we had that Jamie on, like twice. I mean, once with the mob and once solo. And um, good God, uh, we just got to go see um, a week ago uh, his band SpongeBath, or the band that he is in, uh, and they are phenomenal. Uh, SpongeBath band. I think you can follow them on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, they're terrific. He's a he's a talent and a half. He's a great songwriter. He's a funny dude. Probably the uh, most talented person. Yeah, that I know. Yeah, boy, the yeah. the best at a wide variety of things. Because he's a great artist. He's an incredible musician. He's yeah. a great performer. I hesitate hesitate to call him a polymath because one, I don't know what that word means, and two, I don't want to undercut just how good he is at so many different things. Yes. Um, so I'm so happy. I, I'm excited to have him on uh, next year uh, for some other stuff. I think, you know, maybe we can figure out a way to do Xanadu. I think that'd be a fun one. I think we can figure that out. Uh, uh, or okay. or, uh, or Gentleman Broncos. That's oh, another he, one that he, he loves that film. And so Where we, we also have, we have, we have John and Thomas. John and Thomas. Who were just on their first episode this month. We've also appeared on their podcast. Uh, yep. Two, perhaps the most talented like uh, podcast hosts that, we, right. that we've had on here. They are a great pair. They are, uh, I mean, saying they're the most talented, I mean, we've had a lot of great podcast no, hosts on here. But they, they are really, they are practically professionals. Yes, um, but let's let's not boost their ego too high. Because I think that, not, you know, they're, they're, they're young still. Uh, they, need, they need to get a little bit more seasoning. I'm just kidding. Uh, they, but they, they're, they're like an engine. Like, you listen to that podcast, that is, that is a churning engine of content. They're it great. It really is. It really is. It feels like it has purpose. Yeah. There's, they're uh, moving towards something. I look forward to hopefully being on their show again, but I would love to have them on the show on as many episodes as they want to yeah. be on. And and actually, I would say that I would love to have them on however many episodes they want to be on. That goes for every person that we're going to talk yes. about today. Yeah, if we if you were on an episode and we don't mention your name, no. that's, uh, we're coming. That's that's an insult to you. Which actually, if we don't mention your name, it's because. Um, we're idiots. Uh, yeah, and we yeah, forgot to, yeah. Because we're going to mention everybody's everybody's name. If you're listening to the podcast and you're like, when are they going to stop listening to these names? You got another hour. Up. Yeah, just yeah. sit back, right? Listen right. to these names, right? So we also had a great, a great trio of of guests who were all in the sort of late summer, or early yeah. fall, in which we had uh, three great San Francisco comedians. Uh, and and Chad Opitz, 
Of one of just he's what? he's probably he's had the most viral tweets of anyone we know because <laughs> right, he's had a couple right. of tweets with a million likes. Yeah, uh, he is a. If you see him, if you get the opportunity to see him on stage, do not pass it up. He is a yeah. ball of energy. He used to have a persona uh, called Nervous Energy that he performed under, it's and he is just fucking pure joy, pure joy, pure joy, controlled chaos. He is. He, it's an it's an incredible experience. Uh, look to the, uh, look for shows that Chad Opitz is in, and also look for shows that the other two comedians are about to mention are in. Yeah. We also had uh, Jesse Hett, incredibly funny and incredibly strong. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> you, yeah. He, he and Chad live are roommates, so yeah. yeah, you could find their home and see them there together, I guess. But uh, you can. You should follow. You should follow Jesse on Jesse Instagram. Jesse the head, yeah, boy. Um, uh, because one, he's very funny there, and you can see his shows. And he also has a cat. Uh, mm. That his relationship with this cat is beautiful. Uh, Mossy, uh, the Mosswood Miracle. Uh, it's uh, the cat that wandered into his house. They believe during a storm, mm-hmm. uh, from during, the street during quarantine. I think. Yep, and right? hid under his bed. Went straight to through the house to his room and hid under his bed. It's incredible. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. Uh, and then we have Nick Stargoo, DJ Woo! Real. DJ he does Real. A, he does a comedy show with Chad uh, that they mm-hmm. just started doing in the city once a month. And DJ Real is oh, it's... his ability. You, you hear you hear in the news about the metaverse. You hear yeah. in the news about. Yeah, that's Nick. About <laughs> VR. But if you want to see someone who's mastered comedy of this kind of weird techno world that we're in. It is him and so weird uh, and so funny that you have to see it to experience it. I mean, you have to see anything to experience, experience it, <laughs> but, thing, I guess. So. Yeah, what he does, I can describe he, it. He's, he's got some things that he's done. Um, there's a video. I don't know if you can actually just find the, the straight video. It's, he does a, it's a song called You've Forsaken Me, and it's I've seen him do it at talkies online, and it is, it's melted a part of my brain that has never healed. So, um, so I think about that song all the time. It's so good. It's uh, it's it's just so yeah. Uh, Nick rules. Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's like wow. That, this dude is smart. <laughs> he is. He's smart. He's funny. What can he do? Um. So there's. So we had. We had. Then we also had okay. a, a series of filmmakers. Oh yeah. Podcast. Yes. Uh, we had the. Ma- you. I don't think you've we've mentioned them throughout the episode, but have we mentioned but them? But still, this list? we'll mention them again. We'll do Max Radbill, who yep. made reelected. Also, Laheim, uh, congratulations! He just got married, and he just went to uh, Spain and made a short film under the tutelage of uh, uh, Warren Herzog. So, <laughs> holy shit, that's pretty cool. Um, that's maybe so he the... he was hanging out with Werner Herzog. Yeah. Well, then yeah. we are connected to Werner Herzog. Yeah. So uh, uh, we get uh, two degrees of Werner Herzog. We get the uh, we'll get the H dog on an episode maybe he in twenty twenty two. He would love to be. He would, he would have such a good time on here. Yes, yes. Get him on. We'll talk about like maybe Hot Dog the movie or um, Hamburger the movie Fantastic. or um, another food, food <laughs> Pizza title. the movie. <laughs> what yeah. is the or, spaghetti uh, the movie? Porky's two. Um, the movie. The movie. <laughs> so. uh, and then we had. Um, uh, what do we end up? The sign men, dudes. The sign men, boys. The sign mans. Sign, the the signs, signs. The signs man. 
sign men. Um, uh-huh. I mean, that's the most logical way to say it. Yeah, Ruben and Luke, uh, who made the, the 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 absolutely terrific film Sign Men, which is available for free right now on YouTube. Please go watch it. It's terrific. It won the Audience Award at Scum Dance uh, this past year. Uh, Scum Dance being um, one of the best, absolutely low budget um, film festivals in the world. Um, Indeed. Yeah, and they were great. Uh, I'd love to have them on again. We really got into Chris- Christopher Nolan. <laughs> I mean, really, they did. It, it, the whole thing turns like, like, oh, so are neither of these the good movie then? <laughs> it was <laughs> fascinating. It was like I think we really went after the Dark Knight more than the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> it's it's true. It's true. Um, and I think that like the 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 piece that I wrote, my intro for Dark Knight Rises, was one of the was one of my high points i think this year it, it it really was an emotional piece because it was such a difficult movie going experience i mean I, I saw that what like a week and a half or two weeks after the the, the shooting in colorado it was it was insane it was yeah. um anyway not to get too dark uh, this late in the, the show um, yeah yeah not let's, to get uh, to Jimmy Stewart's eyes in a bar this late in the show. Um, let's, uh, let's let's turn it back up by talking about yeah. in the Dantzler party. The Dantzler party. wasn't in the party itself, but he was in the second oh, half of the episode. And we actually, had. yeah, right. That's right. The yeah. second half of the episode. Aaron Bradford. Aaron Bradford. fan. Aaron uh, Q. Bradford. Uh, a great writer, a teacher, um, a poet, um, a great dad, uh, and an old friend and a longtime listener. And a wonderful guest host. Really thoughtful guest host. Um, yes, we, we are planning on having him for a full episode. Uh, he's, he's a funny dude. Um, and he played bass uh, in my punk band at one point. And um, he's great. I love Aaron. Yes. I love Aaron. Aaron, if you listen to this, I love you. Aaron, I don't know you as well as George, but you know what? I love you too. That's right. Oh, you, you, you guys would you guys would be I feel like Aaron and I, I can already tell Aaron and I yeah. would, would like, have a great time just hanging out talking like I mean which we have done plenty of times on zoom now but the yeah yeah the so we also had recently on we had Ben, uh, oh, winner ben. of our of our raffle mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. a guest host big big award big prize for someone yep. to win um, Ben is also a friend of mine we we worked together in the past and, he and I like was, to think that he's now a friend of mine. I think he's a friend of yours as well now, too. I think that's right. He has been a long fan. He's also someone who gives talks at conferences and is on podcasts, just not necessarily comedy ones. And he was a great guest host. <laughs> he was. Uh, he was. And uh, it was, a, I think, a strong, it was a fun episode. Yeah. And I look forward to, uh, much like having Bradford on another full yep. episode, I look forward to having Ben back for, for more episodes. And I believe... That this brings our list wow. down to... To 20 more names. <laughs> Here names. we go. Because I fumbled the joke. To the greatest guest host mm-hmm. of all. Well, well, we'll say the most common. The most common guest in, host. In, in every way possible. <laughs> the man who voices both our characters. Yeah, that's right. Supposedly, from what I understand from the wiki. Um, I think you're listening to this podcast. You know him. Yep. You love him. Uh, and I say that because the person listening to this podcast right now is you, Dan. That's right. That's You're right. listening to this right now. And we're talking to you. Uh, for me, when we earlier talked about 
our own it's a wonderful life scenarios um not having George in my life would also mean not having you Aww. in my life, Dan. You're a, another brother um, that mm-hmm. I never knew I would have you know, on to top quote, of George. To quote John Lennon, uh, Dan is real, real is Dan. Um, to, quote, to quote Paul McCartney, simply having a wonderful time with Dan. Oh, Just play that in your, your head over and over again on a loop. That uh, fucking song is a hate crime. <laughs> As is John Lennon's Christmas song. Both those songs sure. are. Sure. Are, there, uh, there, there are very few good Christmas songs. Anyway. There's quite a few, but not those uh, two. Uh, you're not you're those right. Two. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> not either. Like, I own like 17 hours worth of Christmas <laughs> there's music, a lot of and good they're Christmas all pretty music. fucking good. <laughs> um, Even the Michael Bolton one is better than like fucking Paul McCartney's. But Sorry. I'll still well, listen that's to a different it. podcast. I'll still listen to it. I'll still yeah, I'll yeah. still go. It's still Christmas. Still put it on. I, I it came on in the store the other day. And I almost like punched a guy. Wow. That, uh, I mean, I just Paul McCartney can go fuck himself damn. for that. Just for that song. Damn. I know a lot of people feel that way. All right. I well, don't, I don't, uh, we're going to close this episode I, 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 with yeah, that. Yeah, just like just just pure fucking full blooded anger towards Paul McCartney. That's someone who really like, likes Paul McCartney myself. Totally, totally glossed over to like talking <laughs> I, about Dan. I walked past Paul McCartney once in New York, oh, uh, right. in Montauk, and uh, you didn't punch him in the gut for singing I didn't. that fucking I song. Pointed at him and said, "That's Paul McCartney," uh-huh, uh, uh-huh, as he walked uh-huh. by me. Um, well, you know who's not Paul McCartney? Uh, my brother Dan. Your brother um, Dan is not Paul McCartney. <laughs> that's a, that's a segue, right? <laughs> that is a great segue. Oh, boy. But anyway, yes, Dan um, has graced us with uh, several appearances every year. Uh, he's our most frequent guest, I would say. He and Land are, are kind of running neck and neck. But I think at this point, Dan has done more Definitely. Um, appearances. Uh, and, um Yeah. I, I, I tell this story any chance I get. And I told this at the, the his um, rehearsal dinner, but uh, my mom was rushed off to the hospital to give birth, uh, as as one does. I don't know how to talk anymore. Um, and my my neighbor who was babysitting me said, like, "Oh, do you want to do you want a little brother? Do you want a brother or a sister?" And I said, "I want a pony." And so I've never forgiven Dan for not being a pony. And um, so there you go. But uh, I'm glad that um, I'm glad that Dan's my brother. What the hell am I saying? <laughs> that's a great. That's good. Yeah, that's fine. It's high praise. Seven forty-five p.m. I think it's time for me to take a nap. Uh, it's cool. But yeah, no, Dan's a great guest. Um, and next year, I'm really hoping. I think there's some other people that um, listen to the show who would like to be on and there's some other people that who don't listen there's other people who don't listen to the show um who i'd love to have on so uh 2022 is exciting and hopefully more people get vaccinated and uh, we can do more to um go back to some sense of normalcy yes that would be nice. if not uh, some sense of normalcy sorry that's from my i have a garfield podcast that i'm recording right after this i'm just kind of warming up Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I gotta remember to eat. I gotta remember to, to, to go I gotta remember to eat before I do these uh, episodes. Some sense of normalcy. Yeah, some sense the... of normalcy. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
well that's all we have for you folks it's yeah, been a great it. it's been a great season it's been a great yes. it's been a 2021 has been a weird year but it's yeah. uh, it's been a it's been a good a good year on the podcast and yeah there's absolutely no way that 2022 will be weird absolutely no way whatsoever it's not possible you yeah know? and also if you're like don't jinx it we're not that mm-hmm. powerful i'm not yeah. mr destiny over no. here no. i can't jinx a year um so don't don't worry about it yeah yeah and plus we both said at the same time and two does not it's like in threes or it's like odd numbers anyway yeah that's like you, right you, odd you, numbers you, you cross one finger not two that's right so yeah that makes sense with what oh uh, yeah we're <laughs> just just petering out uh hardcore yeah, just, uh, we don't want to stop recording so we're just rambling into the I mic know. but this is what this is this what is it what, is this is what you crave apparently this is, this is free content because you could have stopped at any point yeah i'll just listen to the next episode they're just yeah. rambling but we're gonna end here. we're gonna we're gonna end big we're gonna end with a big rousing chorus of all lang sign and it's gonna be great it is gonna so. be great um all right well with that we're gonna say happy new year everybody happy new year uh, i mean i know that you know time is meaningless now but uh happy new year time has always been meaningless that's true happy that's new true. year <laughs> to my big brother george the richest man in town <laughs>